0: Athleticism doesn't save a play after I <clears> turn <throat> it, which has happened like 15 times over the course. Oh, wait, it's somebody save it? Yep, what do I know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of the How to Play Quidditch podcast. I'm your host, Alejo Enriquez. I'm very excited to be recording an episode, uh, which is, well, I guess excited is probably the wrong word because. Really, it's unfortunate that I should be recording an episode on uh, training at home, which is one I've been wanting to do for a while, but now I have new reason to do it because, obviously, uh, there is a global pandemic, which is currently killing hundreds of thousands of people, uh, which is very unfortunate. But the uh, good news out, out that's coming out of that is there's actually a lot of uh, Quidditch-involved individuals who are taking the time to create things at home, so now you can see uh, Chris Lacombe's Mr. Official series and The Midline by Ethan Sturm, I think these are two of the best examples of materials that are being produced at home uh, because of the the COVID-19 pandemic. And uh, now that I'm uh, done teaching the uh, spring semester trying to teach all my classes online, which by the way is miserable, uh, if that wasn't obvious. I have a little time to do some extra uh, work, hopefully like theirs, but I want to record this episode specifically about, in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, all of my other podcasts have been evergreen, meaning that they're, I hope to make record them in a way that will always be helpful or relevant to someone new. And I do try and keep this episode also a little bit general on how to train at home. If you uh, for example, if you go home for the summer and you're not with your college team, how can you keep training? So there's a little bit of that idea behind this episode as well. But this is specifically in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. And it's it, this is a very difficult time for everyone in different ways. Uh, some people are stuck at home not knowing when their next uh, paycheck is going to come. Others are, are working uh, in retail and uh, daily encountering people who have no regard for their well-being and potentially could infect them. So shout out to everyone who's going through hard times here. Harder than me for sure. I'm lucky to still have a, a, a stable paycheck and a home and to not be daily exposed to uh, randos. Um, but I wanted to record this episode uh, partially to to acknowledge the different things that people are going through during this, but also connect that to Quidditch training and how we can uh, maintain or potentially improve ourselves. Uh, in the sport of Quidditch, and I'm very, very lucky today to be joined by someone who actually was a former teammate and coach of mine, so I'm going to introduce him right now. He is a three-time World Cup winner with his alma mater, University of Texas, Quidditch, and a three-time USQ Club Cup winner with his team, Texas Cavalry, as well as a two-time Major League Quidditch champion, making him an eight-time national champion. He is also a two-time world champion and a champion of one South American Quidditch Cup tournament, defeating my poor Leonis in the finals. He is widely considered to be one of the greatest players of Quidditch in the whole world, and he is an excellent all-around person. He is Augustine Augie Monroe. Thanks for coming on the show, Augie. It's great to see you again.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to talking about you know how to how to keep going along during these strange times. Yeah,
1: that's definitely uh, not a that's definitely something I think hopefully a lot of people will get some value out of. But I wanted to start by letting the audience get to know you. Um, and I've got three get to know you questions that I like to ask all my guests. So here's a first one for you. Um, which I know for for those who know your name, you, know, you probably have a lot to choose from, but what's a moment of personal triumph for you in Quidditch? Describe something for me.
0: Uh, I would actually say the, it's easy to remember the things that are most recent, mm. uh, but also last, so USQ Cup 12, mm, um, yeah. that was like, the the greatest day of my life because, um, not only did my alma mater win, uh, you know, a national championship, Hmm. um, the team that I coached, AQ, Austin Quidditch, uh, made the sweet 16. That's right. Quote unquote B team, um, which is a, a huge accomplishment. I don't know that any other B team has ever done ever. Um, So that was pretty great. I mean, it was awesome to be able to step away and focus on uh, the the club division and my own games and my own play um, and then come to their games at the end of it and see that they just, you know, they pulled a snitch to win the game and that they've been, you know, flying out of the nest on their own at that point. And, uh, yeah, that, that was awesome. Yeah. Um, that I mean, that's not like personal triumph. Obviously, that that team was crushing it that day, that weekend. Um, I think you but,
1: get to take some I, of the credit.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, it was nice to see it all come together. Um, and then also the our club team. You know, we were out of range against um, a great team and managed to come back into range and pull to win, which had never really been done on that uh on that level you mm, know yeah. competition you don't see those kinds of comebacks with the current USQ rule set uh it just yeah. doesn't happen so that was pretty cool um to be able to do that
1: yeah that's amazing that was a year you played heat in the in the finals was it correct yeah yeah But yeah i remember i remember seeing that i remember seeing heat was up 90 50 i think and uh cavalry gutted it out
0: yeah at one point they were plus five, Oh wow so,
1: oh man yep. i don't remember that but that's that's cool yeah, yeah.
0: and then erin went down with an injury and it was just like <laughs> all hope is lost you gotta, you
1: gotta have those kind of stories on, the, on something like that yeah and then uh i i assume a lot of people know but for those of you who don't um augie's uh alma mater is university of texas at austin or just ut um the uh the longhorns quidditch which won Uh, one of the most dominant runs of college play in any uh, national championship Uh, i I only don't say the most because someone somewhere will argue about um, middlebury somewhere but basically in our modern era that was a that was a very impressive run so yeah i can definitely see that's a great choice Uh, definitely everything came up for augie that day (laughs) that's good all right. So next question: uh, What's the most epic Quidditch moment that you ever witnessed that you weren't directly involved in? You you may have been raffing or spectating, but you weren't a player in.
0: Ooh. Uh, I would say the the League City uh, Legends versus the Los Angeles or the Guardians. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know how many years ago, but it was
1: speaking the- of comebacks
0: championship there in league city yeah where it was just like uh, you know league city was down more than 50 points and they they were just clawing their way back and back (laughs) and back and then they got into range and pulled the snitch and it it was over um and then they ended up winning that series which is just incredible because they were the underdogs there and yeah uh, i mean they fought very hard and just kind of outlasted the other team
1: yes oh that that was that crazy thing that was game one um yeah. of yeah L- la versus league city i was uh i was there at that game too and oh man yeah that was in- insane um i think yeah i think league city was down 80 at one point and uh just got stubborn <laughs> as they want okay. to do oh man so um all right so third question for you who is someone in the quidditch community that you look up to and why
0: Hmm. um i don't know i i my first thought is kind of look looking over at my teammates um there are a lot of times uh you know i see i see cole travis he's somebody who in the time that we've been teammates, he has been ultra supportive of those around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he yeah. just he's a naturally like supportive person. Uh, and it, it, it's just I admire that quality of of him being able to like put himself out there, even if it makes him look kind of silly. like what in supporting, You know, those that he cares about uh, on the pitch, off the pitch, like I I, I love that about him. I mean, every practice, you know, when he's not in on a scrimmage or drill set or whatever, he's on the sidelines, you know, pumping people up with uh, not only words, words of affirmation, but, you know, technical input as well. Like he's focused in there. I, I really admire that about him.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great that's a great choice right there. You're right, absolutely right. Cole is a he's a great person to to be working with to be around. you always, you always get buy-in from him. That's definitely a really good point. Because I think that's one of the tough things about Quidditch and coaching and and running a team. And you don't know you're not everyone else. You're only yourself, so you don't know how your ideas will sound to other people. And uh, that's a really a great point. All right, so uh, I'd love to get on to the main topic today, which is of course uh, how to how to Quidditch in the age of Corona. But uh, I think the first thing I want to talk about before we actually talk about the, the 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 physical and the technical and and all of the technological solutions, I want to talk a little bit first about what is it we're we're up against, um, which is to say that. Uh, working out on your own is 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 hard or at least i think i think it is for most people (laughs) like i think that a lot of people and and there's these memes going around on the internet it's like if you don't come out of this quarantine with a new skill like you never had the discipline it's like well most people don't have the discipline to just sit down and learn something from scratch there's whole whole books that you can just teach yourself out of like on the internet, but it's not that easy. I don't know. I, what do you think about this?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think with kind of a... F- and and everybody's experience is different during this time, not just uh, because we're all different in our own ways, but we're living in different parts of the country that are responding to... Different parts of the world that are responding to this crisis differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so it pretty much regardless of where you are, uh, you're likely to have already experienced some isolation and a lot of people, uh, are, have had a trauma response to the pandemic and the quarantine. And so, yeah, it's kind of difficult to shake out of that and find that motivation to do something in that space that you might just be sitting in for hours on end. Um, so the, the isolation part of this is just uh, a challenge in itself. And I think it's exposed a lot of areas of weakness in people's daily routines and their lives, uh, and, and their habits and, you know, what, what they're, what they're doing day to day may not be the best thing. Um, I, I think Having this time to kind of slow down and evaluate what you're doing and what you even want, like what are you working towards, is important for everybody. And if, if you come out of this situation just knowing what you want, hey, that's great. You, yeah. know? <laughs> you don't have to have a new skill or anything, but if you know what you want out of this, you can start working towards that at that point in time
1: yeah and a lot of people are are over isolated but then there's also unfortunately some people who are wage slaves who are currently trapped in the they're in the meat grinder of capitalism they're they war- i know people in the quidditch community who work at target and they're you know having to work long hours dealing with angry customers i hope no quidditch players have been shot yet over it but i know it's happened in in retail. So, you know, that's it's not a good time. Um, so any any survival you can, in my opinion, any survival you, you achieve is valid because some people are stuck at home, not able to do anything. Some people are forced to work in dangerous situations. And I think it's important to give yourself credit for any kind of survival you get to. And I never met a happy person who compares themselves too much to others. So, you know, whatever works for you is, is an important Thing to yeah,
0: yeah figuring that out once you figure that out then you can start working towards it and finding like how can i get that how can i adapt that need to fit what i have
1: yeah and then i saw another i think i can remember some comedian he was making an observation which i thought was pretty good he said that almost almost now there's a very few people who aren't like this but almost everyone who in the world needs social interaction like even like the most hardened criminals and like sociopaths and rapists and so forth, when they do something bad in jail and they get put in solitary isolation, it drives them insane—more insane, you could say. Um, that 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 almost everyone is wired. Even even people who are just bad people and constantly abuse everyone around them, they still have problems that come out of being isolated. So a lot of and a lot of people on there miss their Quidditch teams because their Quidditch teams are often a safe space for them, especially those who are maybe uh, not gender nonconforming or and, um, you know or have problems with their family's culture. And it's so it's it's a dangerous time for a lot of people. Yep. So uh, so so I kind of wanted to, to to hear have that out there first because none of what we say next I think will be very useful unless you can contextualize it to how. It applies to, to to you the listener dear listener <laughs> we'll do whatever works for you so um, so uh, Quidditch is a sport it's a contact sport and it's it's like many other physical skills where uh, what's the old saying is if you take a pot of water off the stove it starts to cool so uh, what are uh, talk uh, talk a couple things you do. Assuming you do anything, which I'm guessing you do, to uh, keep your keep your water boiling, even if it's simmering right now,
0: I think it's easiest to kind of break down um, and, and approach this from kind of like a well-being model. Uh, so, looking at what you can do physically, what you can do mentally, socially, um, even just in what you're eating, how you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and then then get more specific and look at you know skill specific things because if if those other components aren't there that that's kind of your foundation. If you're not getting good sleep, you're not eating well, uh, you don't have a good exercise routine. Mm. It doesn't matter like you're not gonna get you're not gonna even get to the part where you can work on your skills.
1: Good old Maslow's hierarchy of needs.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Haslow's well, Target needs is an overgeneralization, but it's got a lot of good. I think I think someday we'll develop a better model than that. But yeah,
0: yeah and it, it's true. It, it's great to look at and fall back to in times of stress like this.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, especially if you find yourself having that trauma response and kind of shutting down from things that you normally enjoy. You know, look at those that that baseline. You know, yes. are you getting? Your basic needs met. Um, And if not, how can you help establish those? Uh, But yeah, to keep the the water boiling. um, Physically, you know, for me in this time, uh, prior to COVID, you know, pretty much every afternoon I'd go out and do something. I'd uh, catch up with friends and we would play spike ball or do a sprint workout or go to a skate park um, or practice Quidditch or, you know, something active. And then whenever everything kind of shut down, uh, that became a lot more difficult to continue playing. Uh, so instead we started a team, uh, team workout program. We started doing insanity, you know, one of those like 60 day, uh, fitness programs Mm. that you just follow a video and, um, we, we all got access to the videos and the, the calendar and everything so every day at the same time we you know we made a facebook group and every day we just pop in a a zoom link get in there we see each other we go through the workout together anytime you stop you know that your camera's on and other people are seeing you not going (laughs) a little harder yeah Uh, and then other times you look up and you see other people suffering there with you and you're like, okay, well, it's not just me that's having trouble with this exercise or this workout. <laughs> uh, and so that's kind of motiv- motivating to you know, push through and I actually feel like that has helped build some resiliency you know, psychologically, not just in working out but across other aspects of our lives. Um, getting to that point where you want to stop and then realizing you have so much more in the tank. I think it's a it's a practice that a lot of people uh, let go of as they get older, and um, it, it definitely helps keep the water boiling.
1: Yeah. My, one of my things, because uh, I don't really have a team that I get to work out with, um, but I've gone running more since, since the coronavirus started. Uh, I actually did distance running in high school, cross-country running. I did four years. I was terrible. I cut my two-mile time in half from 26 minutes to 13 minutes over that four years, which, if you know anything from about distance running, is is tremendously bad to mediocre. Uh, and that was, of course, a long time ago. Since then, I've found karate and quidditch to be a lot more fulfilling. But running is a good fallback because you don't need other people. It's you versus yourself. And it, it is a lot harder to just run just just to run. Like it's just like there's no one there egging you on. There's no like uh you know, there's no timer. we well, can get a timer, maybe you can try and race yourself and stuff. But it, it is tough. And one of the things I learned in in distance running across country is that your body lies to you a lot. Um your body when you first try and run a mile, your body's like, No, I can't do this. This is impossible. And it's so easy to just be like oh you're right body. hang on let me just let me just take you home and feed you chips instead um but if you keep running what you find is soon your body was lying you actually can go farther it can go faster you you went eventually you do hit a real limit but it feels good to hit that real limit because like oh this is what it actually feels like to really (laughs) have overdone it and so and that's one thing something even if you and it is hard to run by yourself it's easier to run with other people assuming you're all similarly motivated but that's another w- place where you can just kind of push your own limits even a little bit
0: yep and to be kind of technical about you know giving just the basic workout structure yeah you, t- you just set a time and give yourself 30 minutes and in those 30 minutes of those first five minutes you can warm up you know you don't need a big space you can do you know, kind of running in place, jumping jacks, some push-ups, um, a- a- any kind of lateral, like skater jumps. You know, mm-hmm. side to side, uh, lunges, lateral lunges, um, arm circles. You know that, that that's kind of like a full body that covers everything in five less than five minutes. Really, yeah. You Take four exercises, uh, and you make a, you do a little circuit, a little hit circuit. 45 seconds of the exercise, 15 seconds of rest, go on to the next one. And then you repeat that four times. That takes 16 minutes. That workout itself, 16 minutes, you get a great workout in. Um, you get to push yourself as hard as you can. And it's not about number of reps, it's about, um, you know, just keeping yourself going in those 45 seconds. And you can kind of have alternating muscle groups that you're working. You know, you can do, um, you can do like dips on the ground for your your triceps and then go to some kind of um, core exercise and then do like a, you can do like, you can do, if you have weights, of course it adds options, Um, but you can do kind of like a narrow stance, narrow stance squats, you know, for another exercise and then you can do squat jumps or burpees or. Any kind of plyometric something in there. And then those, you just run through that four times and then you take the last, what? You can take the last nine minutes to stretch. Um, But nobody, I mean, not many people stretch for that long after a workout, but you can. Mm -hmm. Uh, And within those 30 minutes, you have time to warm up, do the workout, cool down, stretch, recover, and then you're good the days of success in, in, in that aspect
1: yeah that's ooh. yeah that's uh that's a really good that's a really good suggestion right there i really like that one that's a good the the trick with that one is that it works better if you have a reliable schedule all kinds of problems is if you are not able to build a routine either due to your work having irregular hours or not having work and then kind of you start to become prey to executive dysfunction when you just have, have a have a hard time just, just structuring your life. But in general, routine is a healthy thing. So if you can get one, get one. And then it becomes easier to put that, that half hour in there right into that calendar, right in that schedule. Put it on your phone. Remind yourself. Because it's always easier to write these things out kind of in advance. And then try and stick to it if you're just making every day up as it goes you're yep. you're in a more vulnerable position and it's good to recognize that
0: yeah and if you can't do a set time every day you can kind of do it at a, you know whenever you get home from work mm-hmm. or you know 15 minutes after waking up or something yeah yeah, yeah wherever you can find your consistency take it
1: yeah we in if you're if you're blessed enough to have certain days of the week where you know you have um obviously it's not really so much the case anymore with a lot of us but um back when I used to have a regular schedule and the I was teaching in the week and the weekends I had off I would always do quidditch practice on Saturday and even if there was no one else at quidditch practice I would still do a quidditch workout on my own I would do the run I would shoot a lot of hoops and uh Practice a lot of basic beater drills, solo beater drills, but it's hard to do that now that every day is Saturday and yet there is no Saturday. But uh, but yeah, and and I really like how you you said that there's a um, you know, it's a it's from a wellness perspective makes the most sense. So you know, just part of just kind of fitting it into your adaptive response to your environment is is probably the healthiest way to think about it in terms of just staying physically active finding a time making a time to be physically active because it's good for you not not because oh i want to come out of quarantine with abs i mean if you really if you're really motivated to do that that's great but if you fall short of that motivation it's not going to be any healthier for you to think oh i'm going to get these abs and then two months in oh, i'm never going to get these abs that's not neither of those is doing anyone any good <laughs> yeah
0: yeah so.
1: How about a what about a, what about any exercises that you've been able to do any exercises that are kind of more quidditch centric in terms of the the skills we use to play quidditch?
0: Um yeah, so a lot of my workouts during this time have been kind of the high intensity uh, training and then some heavy stretching. Uh, so I mean my my personal goals during this time is to stay physically fit, uh, hmm. maybe in, increase that, um, a bit increasing my flexibility is kind of a big goal. Hmm. Um, and then skills, or uh, workout specific to Quidditch. I am, I'm not really doing a whole lot in that regard. I feel like as long as I maintain my foundation first, then I can build on it. And then from there, you know, as things start opening up, I'll be able to start doing more drills and whatnot, um, to get, to sharpen up my own personal skill set once more. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, any kind of footwork that you can do, you really don't need a whole lot of space. Um, practice your your change of direction your first step uh if you don't have an agility ladder you can tape you know tape one on onto some concrete (laughs) and and there are tens of drills maybe even yeah there there are so many drills that you can do with a ladder um that are effective and and can translate to quidditch um and there are also some that may not translate as well <laughs> mm, yeah um, but yeah anything that gets you get some lateral movement in um and some first step quickness like that that'll translate not only to quidditch but to any sport yeah for sure. um, and if you're uh you know if you got a wall that you can throw a ball at that that won't hurt um now if you're just throwing a ball aimlessly at a wall, it's not going to make you any better. Oh, no, man. Uh,
1: Dollar, Dollar tree stickers. That's what it's all yeah. about.
0: <laughs> it, it's a great time to really, to, to step back if you can record yourself even and look at your form and see yes. what what you can change and work on because that, that change to your movement patterns doesn't happen immediately. It takes repetition to, to change that. Um, and so if you're, if you're a beat... And your throws are always, you know, you're always cutting your throws. That's not something. Uh, it's something you can recognize and work to improve. But you have to put in that work and, and get those reps in mm-hmm. of throwing a ball with better form, so that when it, we get back to playing um, and you're on the move and there are other things going on, that is your muscle memory that your your body's going to, and not what was previously there.
1: Yeah, that's. that I was going to say footwork too, but you, you got it first. That's exactly right. I agree. Um, practicing your footwork even with just basic things is really gonna, it, you, you definitely, if you can find an opportunity to improve, if you can record it and even use, like share it on, on Instagram or Twitter just to solicit feedback on your form or send it to your coach if you have a coach, that can really you know, be a potentially a good opportunity to, to, to try and keep your form good. Um, yeah. I made on, I made a, on the how to play Quidditch um, Twitter feed. Um, I, sh- I shared a few videos of some basic footwork techniques um, that I don't know if anyone has really benefited from, but hopefully if you hear this then you go look and they're helpful. that's good. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, and then throwing, I, I know my throwing form is good, not great when I made the throwing video. It got got some good feedback, like, oh, this is good. But then it also had some about the hip-shoulder separation like is too small. And I was like, well, I never played baseball, so no one's ever showed me how to to magnify that. But maybe maybe now's a good time to figure that out. Um, It's always easier with a coach, even if you can get one remote.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and if you're ever looking for throwing drills or – footwork drills like you said you posted some and the internet is your friend mm, yeah. in that regard it's a, it's a powerful resource and you have experts of all different backgrounds that have posted um you know a lot of a
1: lot of which, a lot of whom are sitting at home you know reaching for human human interaction themselves um yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I also teach karate, or was teaching karate before quarantine killed that, and I'm also kind of like, man, I really need to get back out there and start showing people how to move around because it's so it's so mentally engaging to work with someone else on their movement. So kind of not having that in person is, is is sucks, and and you know even potentially being able to help someone just over the internet is maybe helps scratch that itch just a little bit. Which is why the first five people who quote retweet this podcast will get a free consultation from me and Agam. <laughs> I should throw. Some, <laughs> I should put that in there. Let's put that anyway. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's. Uh, I think that that I think you're right though. You, you, there, you're definitely right that there's some things you could probably everyone could probably do to improve their footwork, but also that maybe just it, it'll be easier to get the footwork back if you still have your endurance versus if you spend you know a little quarantine time working on your footwork but you never once go on a run or anything like that you're gonna find coming back is gonna kick your ass a little bit more
0: yeah and if you think it's all a chore find find one of those things that you really enjoy mm-hmm. and be sure to include you know working out and investing in your, your skills and your conditioning should be fun. It should be a rewarding process and Mm -hmm. it should be something that you can look forward to. And I think that that's done by finding the things you enjoy and treating yourself to some of those things in workouts. You know, if you like a particular exercise, maybe not doing it all the time, but plugging it in here and there. Mm. Um,
1: Yeah, it, it, it is, It definitely should be fun, or at least the hope is that it can be fun. It's definitely good to have. If we could all just run like 10 miles and just do 100 push-ups just all by ourselves, I mean, all gyms would be out of business. The the gyms are there to help keep us mentally engaged, give us different kinds of activities. And having workout buddies, having teams also can kind of help you pay attention to anything other than the pain in your body. That you experience when you work out, yeah.
0: Um,
1: actually, I uh, I should mention that that um, uh, I don't really care for the gym. It's part of why I play quidditch um, and do karate. I went once with um, my fiance to the gym, and I was like, "Oh, they have a stairmaster. Let's do the stairmaster." And we started doing the stairmaster, and like one minute in, she's like, "Oh my god, this is the worst. I hate this." And she, I don't think she'd ever really done it. And I was like why what's wrong why is this I mean I get it it's tough but why is this so bad when you're on the elliptical for like you know 45 minutes and she's like well I have to pay attention to where I'm putting my foot I have to I I you can't like you know when, when you're climbing stairs you have to climb the, the machine like at a, a certain pace you know pay put your foot placement everything has to be right um and I was like oh well that's probably why I hate the gym because I'm like that with all these things the treadmill the elliptical the everything have a very kind of high body awareness and I can't ignore that my muscles are burning like just by like music or like a movie none of that works like that's part of why I love competitive sports is like yes my lungs are burning and my legs are burning and you know my feet hurt but if I don't you know go get that ball the other person's gonna win (laughs) so you know the quarantine's taken some of that away from us and if you can find any way to to bring some enjoyment, some interest, some kind of, and a lot of people luckily really like music. And I can't say I'm one of them, but people who, like, who are lucky enough to really like music are going to benefit at least from putting on some music and being able to, to do a solo workout. So, Augie, talk a little bit about uh, what are the different, Things you can do, different kinds of workouts, because uh, as I'm sure most people have heard of, there's strength and there's cardio, but maybe that's as far as some people's knowledge goes. Talk a little bit about what kinds of exercises are good for Quidditch and what people might want to focus on for that.
0: Right. So I would say movement is the number one um The number one thing, like having efficient movement is going to translate to a better Quidditch game. Uh, If you are able to find a way to um, shorten your throwing motion while still maintaining the same power um, generated through your your hips and um, your chest and your shoulder, your arm, um, then that's going to be more effective in the game because your pump fakes are going to be quicker, uh, your, your, you know, your actual throws can be better disguised, mm-hmm. uh, giving your opponent less time to react. Uh, same thing with, I mean, just, you know, we are, we've already talked about footwork, but, um, you know, having efficient movement on the ground, uh, can be the difference between getting to that ball before another person, you know, boxing them out, um, closing in on a pass, whatever it is. Uh, so I would say movement is, is key. Um, you know, a lot of times people want to get better at quidditch, so they hit the weight room and they try to build that strength, but that strength and power means nothing if you can't use it effectively. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm sure everybody can think of, you know, an instance where either themselves or that they've seen somebody who is just mega jacked and, um, Kind of intimidating, potentially, and then you see them move, and you know it doesn't really translate the same.
1: Yeah, now that's a really good point. Um, yeah, I would I would uh, say so. Maybe like you're talking like sprints, lateral sprints, and sprints of different kinds, just to build up speed and fluidity in your movement over right. over pure strength or pure uh, endurance. Right. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Another one, if you if you have access to any kind of grass, if you're near a park that is not like closed closed, I mean you could still go there and no one will arrest you for being there. Uh, I recommend at least a little bit of ground movement, just taking falls, taking falls without a ball or broom, then taking falls with a broom, taking falls with a broom and ball just being able to roll around and actually when i did a little brazilian jiu-jitsu we learned the shrimping i don't know if you've ever done yep, shrimping yep. yeah shrimping i think is really good just for core strength and endurance but then also like just being you don't want to get tackled and then be like i don't know what to do next that's what that's how bones get broken and, Yeah. and acls get torn so just just have a, at least a little bit of uh, the ground is, is my friend, or at least not my enemy, it's not, oh no, here comes the ground, it's, okay, here comes the ground, you know, so, yep, yeah, throwing that out there too, but yeah, um, yeah, I know that I definitely don't have, uh, personally, a lot of speed, so I try and make up for it with technical efficiency in my movements, um, I, uh, I did a a 1v1 at a Cosmos practice against Teddy Costa who is both faster and stronger than me as I'm sure you could guess um but I still got by him by just having very quick and efficient hand ball movements I don't know if you because I've seen video where you you pull that you tuck the ball with your with your in your elbow of the hand that's holding the broom and use mm-hmm. the free hand to do fly. I, I did that and it actually kind of worked. So all that practice yep. paid off.
0: <laughs> yeah, and there are so many little uh, technical tricks in that space when somebody's. I mean, you, you coming from a martial arts background understand like mm. creating space between you and your opponent will make you more difficult to bring down and um, to get a hold of and everything. And so finding a way to implement that in Quidditch I mean that's kind of the space right
1: yeah um, absolutely yes as well especially this a lot of the stand-up martial arts like Shotokan deal a lot with with space what distance you're in in a danger zone versus when you're not and in, in entering into that danger zone as I mean it's not a perfect application but there's definitely things about that that connect to sports like Quidditch it's yeah. also same thing for for beaters and when I have a bludger and, I'm facing another beater and I can kind of feel I'm outside the danger zone. I can feel when I'm entering it and my movement becomes more uh, ready to, to react at a moment's notice to, to if they throw or if they fake or um, yeah, so yeah, just and then anything anything you practice in, in Shotokan karate we have a saying, I don't know if I've told you this one before, but you might like it. They say practice makes permanent Perfect mm-hmm. practice makes perfect. So you practice it wrong, it's gonna keep being wrong. So the point of practice isn't just to just to get better just by root rotely doing things, unless they're you're rotely doing it perfectly. You mm-hmm. do it, analyze, see, oh, how can I make this better? Is this good enough? And then you do it, you know, you keep trying to refine, you know. So that that's a that's you know, that's a martial arts thing, but it's also I'm sure I'm sure all the sports have sayings, like all the best coaches have sayings like that too. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I was going to ask, uh, what uh, do you have any uh, any tips for people who may want to practice, who are going to try and put together something on Zoom uh, or just uh, FaceTime their friends while they work out? Any, any tips for how they might go about doing that?
0: Um, yeah, I would say if... You know, if you're doing, if you're using that structure that we talked about earlier, um, it's kind of, you know, you can post a workout um, to a group and then everybody has the workout and then whenever you start, you all start together. um, And then, you know, you're doing the same exercises in the same period of time. Um, I'm trying to think, I I don't know of any apps that, that do this, but I'm sure that there are some out there. Uh, that kind of just will beep every minute or every you know interval that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anybody knows there's something there, you could definitely do that. Um, yeah, and then just you know knock it out together, talk about it um, afterwards. and then that kind of opens up space for for more from there. like if people want to talk about you know how their life's been going or how their day's been going. Mm-hmm. Or even, you know, how the workout was. Yeah, uh, it's a great way to, to find that connection um, that may otherwise kind of be tougher to find now.
1: Yeah, never underestimate the the power of social interaction. We we humans crave it. We're dependent on it. We, for for hundreds of thousands of years, a human who was isolated from their group was that was certain death. So, you know, even today, our 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 fight or flight instincts activating as strongly from being ostracized from a group as they do from literally being threatened with with death you know they yeah. that's why people they say people fear public speaking as much as they fear death that's not literally true like if you gave someone a choice they would pick the public speaking over being murdered but their body reacts is the same because when you're f- isolated from a group which is what public speaking does it isolates you from the, the group That provokes a response that's very defensive. Mm -hmm. Um, You mentioned the trauma response earlier. I think that people may underestimate how much that is a real trauma, potentially being isolated. Um, So yeah, don't be afraid to don't be afraid to socialize during or after the work. And I think even if you get together to work out, like, hey, guys, or everyone's here. Oh no we're waiting on someone, I don't know, Marty, you know, lazy yeah. ass, and you know, all right. And it's like, start chatting. And then he shows up and someone else like, and then you never get to work out. Someone right. might say like, oh, that was a huge waste. It's like, well, it probably wasn't. <laughs> Your body knows what it needs.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and even to that point, you know, if, if that's an issue that comes up, you can have a start time of, you know, like we would start at five. Yeah, <clears throat> and then if people aren't showing up, you know, we reach out to them, and if people aren't there by five oh five, we we would just start it, and then they can, you know, when they join the meeting, they can start the workout wherever they're at, mm-hmm. um, and finish a little bit later, and that's fine.
1: <clears throat> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's it, it's if you've got the energy to do it. You know, just, just give it a shot. Don't, I, I feel like, I feel like I keep coming back to this point, which I'm sure you can probably tell I am. that I think there's a lot of opportunity to be self judgmental during this, that I'm advising people not to indulge in too much <laughs> because I mean, a sport, this sport is, well, no sports are growing right now, but like Quidditch is on the decline, I think. And, and we're not gonna, we're not gonna, tough our way out of that i think we have to be inclusive accepting of ourselves and other people Mm -hmm. in in my opinion so yeah um
0: yeah i'd to say you know i mean maybe in the u.s right but worldwide quidditch is still growing and developing
1: that's true that's definitely true. There's a lot of new... That's true. I am I, thinking about the U.S., especially in Texas. There's fewer teams now than there were five years ago. But uh, but there's a lot more teams in Peru, for example, than there were five years ago. There's three new regions where they're playing Quidditch now. So it is growing internationally. Uh, you know, I should have a more positive outlook. I'm just worrying about worrying about my poor Texas teams that are not coming <laughs> back potentially.
0: Yeah, and even then, the... the it's it's not a dramatic decrease right and uh I definitely think there there could be more teams like I know we have numbers um when the season is going This is probably going off on a little bit of a tangent but we have numbers you know we carry a a full roster of close to 45 uh, sorry uh 28 players Uh um You know, and, and that's a lot. I mean, that's enough for two teams to, to function. Some teams pull together, you know, 10 players and hit up a tournament, so.
1: Mm-hmm. If there's any opportunity to, to grow the teams during this pandemic, it's it's going to be through accepting yourself and accepting other people coordinating online and, and, and getting interested in the game and getting interested in each other. It's a, sports are always a very human experience.
0: Yeah, and I want to be too surprised uh, if you get a lot of people that were thinking of stopping uh, their involvement with the sport that are now looking to go a little further. Mm, That's Um, true. People that maybe have stepped away from the sport looking to return to the sport uh, after things kind of gear back up. That would be good. Just because I think people are going to be craving a lot of the things that Quidditch brings him. Uh, And it's also kind of, I had this thought that, uh, like the quarantine and social distancing kind of leads to the same side effects of stepping away from something you've been doing for a long time that brings you a sense of community Uh uh, in this instance, Quidditch. So you have people that say that they retire and then they come back. Um, and uh, we see that so often in the sport.
1: We all pulled a Brett Favre this time. Is that what you're
0: saying? Yeah. <laughs> Every yeah, one exactly. of us
1: got a little mini retirement in there.
0: Cool. <laughs> so then when it kicks up, we're all going to be craving that. And...
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's, oh, man, yeah, that would be sure would be, uh, man, I have no idea when when we're really going to have real Quidditch again, but it can't come soon enough, in my opinion.
0: All right. <laughs>
1: Now, well, uh, do you have any uh, closing remarks for our audience before we tie this one off? I think we had a lot of good information that hopefully people will benefit from.
0: Yeah, something is always more than nothing. And if you can do something every day, it's a win.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, it's. Uh, I don't think I, it's good to be ambitious, but ambition can't my when i saw something oh was it brain a brown if you don't know who brain brown is check her out she's a great uh great um uh, psychologist she said uh whenever uh perfectionism is driving shame is riding shotgun yeah. it's you know there's is there's no time to be perfectionist um whatever you can do however you can get it into- I, I went i ran a mile this morning it didn't go great um <laughs> I did run a mile I did start running and not stop until I run a mile but it did not feel good it was not fun it was a little bit humiliating because it hasn't always been that hard for me to run a mile but I did and and once you do it you can do it again the next time the weather permits and I wake up on time I'm going to do it again and when Quidditch comes back I'll be grateful I ran those miles even if I'm not where I want to be I'll be ahead of where I could have been so yeah run a mile even if it sucks (laughs) yeah yeah all
0: right
1: well uh uh, augie thank you so much for for meeting with me and talking with me and talking to the listener and about how to get through these difficult times hopefully with your game still still available yeah
0: thanks for having
1: me i appreciate it and uh signing off for myself and the great augustine morose I'm Alejo Henrican, and this is the How to Play Quidditch Podcast. Uh, cause one of my favorite comics I saw on the internet somewhere, and this is, it's not, not quarantine related to years ago, it's like a guy's like, praying to God and says, my God, how can I become like stronger and healthier I have a better body? And God's voice comes down with angels around everything. My son, push-ups are an excellent full cool body. And like, before he even finishes his sentence, he's like, Satan, how can I have a great body? <laughs> <laughs>